And welcome to the Michigan Business Network. This is Media Business. I'm Tony Conley, and we are joined by Jim Holcomb, who's the president and CEO of the Michigan Chamber of Commerce. Jim is well-versed in business as well as politics. He is a lawyer who worked in uh, state politics for quite a while, so he really knows the state of Michigan. Jim, I haven't talked to you in a while. How are you? I'm doing well, Tony. Thanks so much for having me today. Well, it's great to have you. Let's just dive right into this. Tell me about the state of business from the perspective of the Michigan Chamber of Commerce. I think the state of business is trending upwards. Our members are optimistic. Certainly, the last couple of years have been tough. COVID is you know, still having a great impact on many of our businesses. We recently did a survey, and 80% of our businesses are saying they're still suffering the impact of COVID and some of the regulations, but they're optimistic. They're adapting. We have great entrepreneurs, great business leaders across the state, and we think 2022 is going to be a good year. In regards to the Gretchen Whitmer administration, what's been the change for business going to the new governor? I think anytime you have a change in administration, some of it's them getting used to us and us getting used to them. Certainly a lot of frustration, uh, but we still have time left in her term and we're optimistic. There's some recent legislation that's gone through with the governor and the legislative leaders got together and actually worked cooperatively. And that's our big push and our big ask for the governor and quite frankly, the legislature is, you know, work cooperatively. People are looking for practical solutions to real problems. They don't want any more of the bickering. They don't want a tweet storm. They don't want people pointing fingers. They want to know that the people we're electing are looking out for them and really just trying to be common sense. Well, it seems the bickering is what we have, even though the Republicans control the House and the Senate here in the state, a lot of the dialogue and revolving around the governor has been about COVID and mm -hmm. the unfairness of it, how she and people close to her have different rules and regulations than the rest of us. What do you think about that? Well, I think it's uh, anything that harms the public's perception of government is bad. We need as citizens to trust our government. And if you see people acting outside of the rules, that's never a good thing. But, you know, we, at some point we have to turn the corner on COVID. We have to learn, to, are we going to live with it? I don't think we're ever going to be done with that. I'm certainly not a scientist, but from what I hear, it seems like the strains are mutating. They're contagious, but they're less problematic for people. And we still have believed from the very beginning, the best way to protect the public in the business sector is by allowing employers and employees to work together to figure out what works in their business. Certainly every employer that I know in the state wants their employees and their customers to be safe, but we need to let them work together on how that's best in their community. A top-down government-mandated approach usually is not the best solution, and we don't think it is going forward. Jim, what's your take on that huge trucking caravan going from one end of Canada to the other? Yeah, you know, I think we're seeing people speaking up. And whether it's in the U.S. or Canada or any place in the world, the best thing everybody can do is let their government know how they're thinking. And I think people are fed up. They feel that they can take care of themselves, that if they want vaccines, they're available. They feel that they're doing the best to protect them and their families. And one of the ways to protect your family is make sure you have a good job. And we want to make sure that people all across Michigan and the world have a chance to work and earn a living. In regards to trucking, what's the state of trade and of commerce in regards to Michigan uh, through Canada? Well, certainly the supply chain is being negatively impacted. We're short of truckers 
here in the U.S. just as well as Canada. And then you're looking at the choke points at the borders trying to get things flowing. We're seeing far too many empty shelves in our grocery stores. We're seeing prices rise. It's certainly a contributing factor of the inflation we're seeing. And we need to make sure we have common sense policies to make sure that trade is flowing freely. So not only Michigan businesses, but Michigan citizens can get the goods they need. So what's holding up uh, a trade from flowing freely from well, our state to the Canada? Well, I think, unfortunately, a lot of this happens. It comes down from Washington, D.C. It's a national policy. The Biden administration certainly has made their mark on this, that they wanted to uh, keep the borders more tightly controlled and not let that free flow happen. That's unfortunate. Well, if that's the case, then how come <laughs> we're having such challenges at the southern border? Well, I think, you know, the federal government, they're controlling all the borders, and that's what we need. We passed the free trade agreement a year and a half, two years ago in Congress, and we were optimistic about that. Then COVID hits, and you just have a differing sense of how people are going to react in a pandemic. You have so much top-down government regulation that it constrains, and then all of a sudden, you shut things down, then you have a talent shortage. And it's not just like flipping a switch. You can't just get people back to work when you need them. Jim, what's the effect of the supply chain issue, especially with all those ships sitting in ports? How much does that affect Michigan? I think it affects it greatly, not only in not being able to get the goods we want, but also in inflation. And then again, it has to trickle down impact. It's not just on the items you want. When stores can't get the um, materials they need to sell, they reduce their shifts. You have more people who are out of work. And again, You know, the talent shortage is one of the biggest issues I hear from my members, not only attracting, but retaining talent and being able to give them the consistency of a paycheck to know that we're going to be open X amount of hours, seven days a week or five days a week, whatever it is. And it's really hard for businesses to predict right now. We're talking with Jim Holcomb, who's the president and CEO of the Michigan Chamber of Commerce. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about what the chamber might think in regards to our legislators and some of the legislation that's before us as we continue this interview. You're listening to the Michigan Business Network. This is Media Business. I'm Tony Khan. Welcome back to Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Tony Conley. We're joined by Jim Holcomb, who is the president and CEO of the Michigan Chamber of Commerce. Jim, I wanted to talk a little bit more uh, about the state of Michigan. From your perspective, how is the House and the Senate in Michigan dealing with the issues that the chamber is concerned about? You know, we're encouraged that they're bringing up a lot of important issues. Certainly, we'd like to see certain things move faster. One issue for us that we think has been far too long on the back burner is an issue of aggregate mining in Michigan. We all want to fix our roads. We need the aggregates to build the construction of the infrastructure. And there's legislation that's taking far too long to get through the legislative process. We'd like to see things like that move a little more quickly because they have such a ripple impact in the state. 
But generally, you know, we think the legislature is doing their work and it's all about more about can they get along with the governor? Again, it comes down to the political bickering we talked about earlier in the show that that's really one of the big obstacles we need to get past. We need practical solutions. We need people working together. Compromise doesn't have to be, you know, on all or nothing. It's about making sure you put every issue on the table and debate it. I want to talk a little bit more about compromise, but first I want to go back to the bill you had concerns about. What is the holdup there? Right now you have a lot of aggregate mines and Mother Nature and God put the aggregates where they did on this earth. And many municipalities don't want to allow the mining to happen. And so it's kind of a little bit of a NIMBY issue. But if we don't take it from here in Michigan, we're going to have to import it. It increases costs. The aggregates we do have in the state become more expensive because you're having to truck them to all the corners of the state instead of mining it closer to the jobs. And even if we do go out of state or go to Canada, go out of the country, there's not enough trucks, there's not enough rail cars to make sure that we have the materials we need. We heard this governor talk about, we've heard a lot of legislators talk about infrastructure and fixing the roads. This is one of the best ways they can do it is increase the supply. It will cut costs and it's going to make sure we can move forward sensibly using taxpayer dollars the right way. In regards to those smaller communities, do you think there's something that's keeping them from moving forward? Are they looking for more revenue or is it just an environmental thing and at the point in time they're not going to budge? Well, I think what we heard early on, and this has been going on for several years, it was talking about environmental standards and the Michigan Chamber, along with the Aggregates Association and many industries, labor is fully supportive of this in many corners of the state. We've all come together and said, hey, we want to make sure the environment is protected. Nobody wants a dirty water or unclean air. We want to make sure that this is done sensibly, and we want to make sure the government has their regulatory role in place to make sure that it's done wisely. It's more just of a NIMBY issue. You have certain people that don't want to see a truck go by their municipality, and you know it's their way to say, no, we have a lot of permits across the state from aggregate miners that just never get acted on, and what it does, it pushes the issue to the court in years and years down the road and untold amount of money are spent on litigation. And what we have is crumbling infrastructure that needs help now. Jim, it seems like when you talk about the political spectrum, there is almost a 50-50 divide when it comes to the people that live in this country, when it comes to the political leaders themselves. It seems like every show I do, I tell the story I heard about uh, Tip O'Neill and Ronald Reagan, how Tip O'Neill would show up at the White House and he'd have a box of cigars and a bottle of scotch and folks outside the room where those two were locked into would talk about the swearing you would hear, the profanity, the pounding on the desk, the yelling and the screaming. And then several hours later, two gentlemen from different angles of the political spectrum would come out and they would find compromise. And it seems like we are, even though Trump is out of office now, we're even farther away from compromise. What do you see? Yeah, I think unfortunately we are. And I think it's the process. We Whether it's phones and tweeting and we used to have a 24-hour news cycle, now it's a 24-second news cycle. And it seems like people want to be the first one out too quickly. We have far too many politicians and not enough statesmen. We need people who are really committed to the issue and solving the issue, not aggregating power by keeping issues going on and on and just hanging around. I agree with you. We had great debate, whether it was Reagan and Tip O'Neill or Newt Gingrich and President Clinton. There are people over history who have shown you can come together and get things done if you're willing. You know, One of my favorite Reagan quotes that I have on my desk is, there's no limit to what a man can do or where he can go if he doesn't mind who gets the credit. 
far too often in politics now, people are more concerned about getting credit than getting something done. How much is wokeness affecting this and affecting business in Michigan? I think quite a bit. I think not so much always in the policymaking, but I think what we're seeing is too much of the public is retreating from the debate. We need people, if you're at your house and a candidate comes by and knocks on your door, I, you know, I think it's a civic obligation. Ask them a question, figure out where they are. We need the public engaged. And I think the way politics are right now, they're retreating. I feel a lot of people don't feel the freedom that I do. I'm a mixed race man. I'm half black and half white. I don't want reparations and I'm not woke and I'm not afraid to speak my mind. But I got to tell you, Jim, I know a lot of folks who are afraid to speak their mind, whether they'll lose business, whether they'll lose friends, whether they'll lose family members. And I don't know when this is going to change. I think it's dangerous. I think the cancel culture is very dangerous. You need debate in democracy. You don't just need people who can bully themselves with the bully pulpit and shout somebody down. We need all the ideas on the table and you need people to feel free to speak their mind because you never know where the good idea or even the great idea is going to come from if people are scared to speak up. And I think when people don't speak up, our elected representatives really don't know what the mood of the public is. You're listening to the Michigan Business Network. This is Media Business. We're talking with Jim Holcomb, who's the president and CEO of the Michigan Chamber of Commerce. When we come back, we're going to talk about the media's role in reporting business. I'm Tony Conley, and we'll be right back. What do so many successful businesses have in common? Proactive legal strategy. The attorneys of Foster Swift, Collins & Smith offer both business and personal legal counsel. For client convenience, they have offices throughout Michigan. Clients know they can count on Foster Swift for all their legal needs, from straightforward wills to sophisticated business transactions and complex litigation. Learn more about Foster Swift and how they can assist you at fosterswift.com. Welcome back to the Michigan Business Network. This is Media Business. I'm Tony Conley. We've been joined today by Jim Holcomb, who's the president and CEO of the Michigan Chamber of Commerce. Jim, before we talk more about the media, I'm always looking for answers to questions. And probably the toughest one I'm going to give you today is, what do you think the solution is to help people find more compromise that serves all. And sometimes you win a little bit, sometimes you lose a little bit. What's going to get us back in that ballpark? I think people have to learn to check their ego at the door and you have to be willing to look for a greater good than yourself. I think whenever we find compromise or we have the really good debate, it's because we all agree that we're trying to get to something better and we have different paths or different solutions, but it's having the willingness to actually Put down your own opinion for five minutes and listen to somebody else. And not just hear it, but truly listen and hear it and understand it and consider it. And I think the more we get to that point in our public discourse and the more we get to that debate in the legislative process, the better off we'll be. How do you think the media reports that? I think it's sporadic. I think we have some decent outlets here in the state of Michigan, but I think the national media is always looking for the clickbait. They're looking for that sensational headline. And I think far too often we see that they're coming at it from a slanted perspective. Their reporting is to lead to the outcome that they want the reader to come to. They aren't really just putting out facts and data and evidence and You know, everything seems to be on the national level. It's an opinion piece that's hiding as news. Jim, from your perspective, if I want to get the latest and the best and the most accurate business news here in the state of Michigan, where do I have to go to do that? 
I think you have to go to several sources. That's the thing. I don't think you can ever just take one. I think you need to look at some of the statewide papers, the larger cities, whether it's Grand Rapids or Detroit. I think you need to look at national, like the Wall Street Journal. You have to look at things like the New York Times that maybe people on the right think it's too liberal, but you have to have that balance. In the same way, people on the left need to look at maybe the Washington Times or the Wall Street Journal. And, you know, we have to come to some conclusions, but I don't think you can really get to a fair conclusion if you just have one source. Jim, we just started this pod late last year and to an interviewee, it seems like most folks have been telling me that there is a lack of business coverage, that there used to be business beats, even at the smaller newspapers in Lansing and Kalamazoo and Grand Rapids and Flint and Saginaw, throw Detroit in there as the big dog. But now that has been eliminated. And even if you go to sources like MLive, it's kind of hard to find that. Do you see that also? Yeah, dude. When I started in Lansing back in 1992, you had major news stations that were here daily. You had several reporters for the major newspapers and the radio outlets, and there was so much more coverage they could go in depth. I think the problem we have right now is the issues are complex, and with fewer people covering them, it's harder to really get down and spend the time to understand the issue to cover it fully. I don't think people are trying to cover it improperly. I just don't think they have the time or the resources to do it to the best of their ability. It takes time to understand a tax cut or what an environmental policy means or what a regulation means. It's nothing you can learn in 15 minutes and cover in two paragraphs. Jim, there is a narrative out there in regards to business, especially big business, that Mm -hmm. the people who own and run big business are wealthy and don't care about the common man. I hear that on liberal media. I hear that from the woke crowd out there, from the liberal crowd. What's your thoughts on that and where are they going right and where are they going wrong? Well, I think they're going wrong. Every business owner I know and the members I know in the Michigan Chamber and the ones who aren't members, we have tremendous businesses and job providers and entrepreneurs across the state, and they are a significant building block and a foundational piece of all of our communities. We have jobs because we have employers all across the state, and I have yet to meet one of my members who doesn't care deeply about their employees making sure that they have a good work-life balance, that they're paid a fair wage, that they're treated properly and respectfully and caring for their families. I think it's just a lazy argument to think that all business owners are somehow wealthy and don't care about anybody else. I think we've seen just the opposite. Through COVID, we saw the generosity of business owners across the state and job providers that brought Michigan through this and are continuing to bring us through. And they're an important part of the state. You can find one person someplace that maybe did something wrong, but to generalize it or to paint with that broad brush, I think is just really misplaced. What's your thought on the living wage, so to speak, and the minimum wage? Are they set at a fair level from uh, the chamber's perspective? Yeah, I think we're always going to have that constant pressure. But what we see right now in the job market is wages are going up because of demand. Supply and demand works. I think you always need to make sure that there's some discussion to make sure people aren't being abused or taken advantage of. But right now, we have a minimum wage of inching up and it's tied to economic factors. I think that's probably the best way to go. Ultimately, the best way to run a business and to figure out what the best wage is for employees is for an employee and employer to work together. They have a mutual interest in the success of their business. And by and large, we see them working together cooperatively all across the state. And it's usually the best outcome happens when they work together. All right, Jim, final question for you. How can the media be better in its efforts to not only cover business, but to cover the news? I think one thing they can do is don't presuppose where a group like the Michigan Chamber will be. 
or other people in the state. I understand that the resources are lacking, but they really need to dig in, understand the details a little bit more and reach out more and actually ask for the opinion and ask where a group stands. I think far too often they just surmise it and they look at maybe a position from a year or two or three years ago and plug that into their story when it may not be the case. We've been talking with Jim Holcomb, who's the president and CEO of the Michigan Chamber of Commerce. Jim, we appreciate you so much. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Tony. I appreciate you having me on. I'm Tony Conley. This is Media Business on the Michigan Business Network.